And welcome back to another edition episode, no Bobby Brown needed, of Turf Show Times Last Minute Thoughts. My name is Robert Finn, alongside JB Scott, as always. JB, Christmas time in the desert came early, perhaps? I'm a little bit holly, I'm a little bit jolly, so let's get to it. <laughs> yes, yes, tis the season indeed, and not for nothing, but... um with some strange news in the NFL, which we'll, we'll talk about here in just a little bit, but um, you know, I don't want to jinx things JB, but um, if we get games on Wednesday and possibly on Friday, um, Santa will have fulfilled my Christmas wish for this year. So um, here's to hoping for football all week long, probably not going to happen, but um, before we get into that last Monday night in the desert. Um, JB, big win for the Rams. Was it a must win for the Rams? What are your thoughts? What are your takeaways from that? Yeah, I definitely considered it a must win. That's why whenever we realized the Rams would be shorthanded heading up to that game, um, I was very concerned, you know, missing your one of your best players, Jalen Ramsey. You really didn't know how that was going to shake out. You know, we lost Rob Havenstein right before the game too. So, but hey, the Rams stepped up, especially the guys on defense, the defensive line. They were relentless. They harassed Kyler Murray all night, and that really helped the guys on the back end, even though they were missing some of their key contributors. Yeah, yeah, and I will just go ahead and echo that because um, going into it, like you said, Jalen Ramsey being gone was just almost frightening <laughs> you know, with DeAndre Hopkins um, out there running around doing what Hop can do. Um, having that secondary being depleted like it was – uh, was a bit scary, a bit nerve wracking. And, um, but they stepped it up. They did a great job and um, did enough to get the win. The Rams offense looked really good for the second week in a row. And it may be because of the emergence of Sony Michelle as RB1. JB, what do you think about the physical nature that Sony Michelle brings to the Rams offense? Yeah, he's been a difference maker for sure in recent weeks. Maybe at one point in the game, he was averaging seven, eight yards a carry uh, over the second half. That wasn't necessarily the case. wasn't as effective, but it's really just the threat of a consistent running game that keeps the defense on their toes, keeps them off balance. That matters. You know, Sonny Michelle doesn't need to get over a hundred yards every game. Just like just have 15 to 20 carries and 15 to 20 attempts should just get the job done, keep the pressure off Matthew Stafford. And I think that's what you saw Monday night and it worked extremely well. It's a good development, and hopefully they can keep it up over the course of the remainder of the season. Let's hope so. And, you know, the thing about Sony that I really like is he's not the guy that's going to break one open, right? So, for example, in the past with that Todd Gurley, right, he could just break one open and be gone in a second. That's not really Sony Michelle style, but he can still break those big enough runs to where he's still a threat in that offense and it opens things up. And, you know, one thing that I wanted to, to ask you, now that Daryl Henderson Jr. is is back ish. Do you think that, and this is not taking any away from Hendo, right? We love him um, as a running back. He certainly has the ability, but do you think that maybe just his skill set and the way that he runs, the style that he runs is better as a change of pace back in that RB2 role than Sony Michelle was? Do you think that maybe we're seeing more of a natural role for these two running backs starting to emerge? Yeah, I think so. And 
not to go down a rabbit hole, but when Daryl Henderson was drafted, it was to be a complimentary back to Todd Gurley. Then, you know, Todd Gurley leaves. They bring in Cam Akers. You, you expect Henderson maybe to start, but um, they also had Malcolm Brown at the time. But really, Henderson was still that complimentary back, and that was really the plan for him heading into this year. But we know the Rams lost Cam Akers. Um, I do think that he should be a complimentary back. And one thing that did stick out to me against the Cardinals was those third and short runs, the fourth and short runs. Henderson in recent weeks has been stopped. You know, he just doesn't have the power to break through those. Maybe you can say he's on 100% healthy possibly, but really those converting those short yardage situations was a big difference for the Rams and kept drives alive, helped them put points on the board. And, you know, that's a really important aspect of Sonny Michelle's game that Henderson might not give you on a consistent basis. Yeah, and those those short runs, having that threat of that physical back coming at you, I, I think just changes the way the game plan goes for the defense. Um, speaking of game plans, Matthew Stafford had another good game. Um, efficient, uh, he did look uh, really sharp, I thought, especially on that deep throw to Van Jefferson there in the third quarter. Um, and then he popped off another long pass against, um, or two rather, Cooper Cup. So with that running game starting to emerge and starting to take shape, um, do you think it's really helping out Matthew Stafford? What do you think about his performance on Monday night? Yeah, that deep bomb to Van Jefferson's really becoming kind of a classic play, right? It's pretty fun to see. But I do think, what do you think it was Matthew Stafford's best game since what, week three against the Buccaneers? Because, you know, week four against the Cardinals, week five against the Seahawks, he starts to maybe that downward trajectory. But uh, I mean, definitely one of his best performances this year. Um, he didn't miss the easy throws or the routine plays, but he also had took the opportunities to push the ball down the field. Didn't really seem like we talked about the all or nothing mentality where we get 60 yards of touchdown, but if not, it's going to be a disaster, right? But they took what the defense gave him. And at some points, the defense gave him some pretty big plays. And hey, that was it was a lot of fun to watch. He looked great. He did. He really did. And not for nothing, but when Van Jefferson was drafted out of college, he, he wasn't supposed to have the speed for that deep threat, right? And yet he's starting to emerge as that deep threat. So that speed isn't necessarily the be-all, end-all when it comes to being a wide receiver in the NFL. But you know what? I'm going to go ahead and piggyback off of something you said. And I'm going to say, I'm going to go on a limb and say it was Stafford's best performance. And the reason why is because going into this game, there were a couple of narratives that were um, – um, kind of floating around the uh, interwebs there for um, a, a, about a week or so. And one, of course, the Rams not being able to beat the good teams right this year because um, they got beat. Obviously, we don't need to go back into those with some of the better teams in the league um, had that three game losing streak. But more than that, there was a narrative that Stafford couldn't beat the good teams either. And going back through his um, career in Detroit, I believe the stat was he's, he had never beaten a team that had 10 wins or more. So um, I think it was good for him to get that monkey off his back. And um, he looked sharp doing it. So uh, it's not as if he got carried by the team. He was definitely one of the key components to that Rams victory on Monday. Monday night. Speaking of key components and a man that we just expect to step up game in and game out, Aaron Donald, three of the team's four sacks. He just harassed Kyler Murray all game long. And um, it was AD doing AD type things, but still, JB, were you impressed? Of course. I mean, how can you not be? Uh, It's just 
the bar is set so high for him that whenever he has a performance like that, in order to really appreciate it, he has to be special just because he's so good on a week in and week out basis. But over the last three to four weeks, he's really been on a tear. I don't really know what changed or what the difference is. Maybe it was a Von Miller acquisition. Maybe it's the emergence of Greg Gaines, so they can't put all the attention on Donald. But that defensive line has been really effective ever since about that Green Bay Packers game. And, you know, they're going to need him to be great because there's a gauntlet of a schedule coming up over the next four weeks. And they could really be what pushes them over the top as a contending team. Yeah, um, 100%. And, you know, I, I, I think we're starting to see the Rams team that we hoped for um, at the beginning of the season, right? They, they had some flashes there at the beginning of the year, but they were typically against bad-ish teams. I don't want to call any team bad in the NFL because they're all professionals and very good at what they do. That said, <laughs> um, the Rams definitely looked great against the NFL's best team, and they're rounding in the form, and I like to see it, especially AD. And another name that kind of jumped out during that game, a man who had to step up his game with Jalen Ramsey being gone, Darius Williams. Um, he's had a bit of an up-and-down year, right? But are we starting to see that will that we saw last year because if he comes in the form jb that could be scary for the rest of the nfc yeah i've unfortunately been pretty hard in darius williams this year you know he's in a contract year do you think he's someone the rams prioritize resigning this offseason or do you think he's kind of played himself out of a out of a long-term deal with the rams what do you think rob i think he's got to come back um and the reason for that is because the depth in that secondary really concerns me yes they had a good game and they did step up um against the Cardinals. So taking nothing away from them for that. But um, I think the loss of Troy Hill was a lot bigger than um, maybe people have been saying over the course of the year. Um, he was a nice complimentary piece to deal with. So I, I think you got to bring him back with Dante Dion coming on strong. Um, there's really nobody else in that secondary I trust. So that's my thought. Yeah, that's fair. And the Troy Hill thing is just so frustrating because he signed with the Browns for almost nothing. I think it was like a two-year, maybe like $4 million a year deal. So definitely maybe you take money away from Deshaun Jackson, you give to Troy Hill, and that's what you're talking about, the, the trade-off there. So but yeah, Darius Williams against the Cardinals. He had an up-and-down game. Really thought he came on the second half, and when the defense needed someone to step up and make plays, he was the one that did it. So had a few near interceptions, a couple pass breakups, but you really needed to see it. Um, I'm not sure the Cardinals really have as good as receiving threats we initially thought, you know, DeAndre Hopkins might not necessarily seem like the same player he's been. We know he's out for the remainder of the year, but um, we'll take it. Right. So, so they got the job done. That's all that matters. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Um, I don't know. We've, we've both, and we both talked about this and I think we're kind of in agreement that Kyler Murray isn't as great of a quarterback as some have said. I think a lot of his success has been, been due to the strength of his receiving um, core and I think we saw that Monday night where Kyler will just bootleg out to one direction or the other and throw that ball up <laughs> you know and it's up for that wide receiver to come down with it and sometimes that happens sometimes it doesn't but when they start to get depleted in that um, receiving core we see what happens so um, good win for the Rams, um, hopefully a good momentum builder heading into this week and the rest of the way, because there's some tough games coming up. Um, speaking 
of the game that is upcoming. We're doing this podcast a day late because um, COVID has reared its ugly head once again in the NFL, and it's hit some teams hard, including the Rams, not just Monday night, but we saw a list of guys, I want to say 25 at one point, um, on that COVID reserve list. And in response, the NFL um, does what you would expect the NFL to do and eased restrictions on the COVID. Try to explain that. I don't even know it, but um, part of that was moving the game from Sunday to Tuesday. And so that's where we are. JB, the Rams taking on the Seahawks at um, 4 p.m. Pacific time. SoFi Stadium, Tuesday night. So um, JB, this COVID thing, it just wreaked havoc. It just seemed to come out of nowhere. Not that it, not that COVID has come out of nowhere, but just all of a sudden, bam, um, the season's cruising along, and here we are, postponed games. What are your thoughts on this? What can we expect um, on Tuesday night or even today? Yeah, it's not the, just the Rams that are impacted. You know, there's a handful of teams. Pretty much all the major sports leagues are dealing with it. So um, it's not like there's a, the Rams are irresponsible in their treatment of this. We know they've been on the forefront, and the good weather in California allows them to be outside and handle these things in a unique way. So at least there's a silver lining there. It's going to be incredibly weird for this game to be on a Tuesday, but I'll stomach the weirdness just for the Rams to potentially be at full force. You know, they're not missing. They're not going to be significantly depleted. They're going to have a lot of the key contributors back. So I think that's a good thing. Um, One thing I am worried about with the game being on Tuesday is how it affects the week 16 performance. Luckily the Vikings, I believe play on Monday night. So really, the Rams only lose a day of preparation in respect to their competition next week. But um, these things are just kind of unprecedented, and we'll see how they bounce back or if it really – every game matters at this point. So hopefully this isn't too detrimental to the team. Yeah, I'm I'm less concerned about the the short turnaround time because um, with the emergence of Thursday night football, every team kind of deals with that um, to some extent over the course of the season. Um, I'm happy to see some of the names coming back. Jalen Ramsey is off the list. Odell Beckham Jr. is um, back. Daryl Henderson's going to be back. Dante Dion and Justin Hollins both coming back. Um, still missing some key players, but we expect them to be back um, by Tuesday. Rob Havenstein um, still on the list. Jordan Fuller, uh, Joe Noteboom, Bobby Evans. So some key contributors there uh, on the offensive line, which is yikes a little bit. So hopefully they come back. Tyler Higby had a bit of a strange um, COVID run over the course of the week, false positives, and then maybe a real positive on the list and off the list. Um, so hopefully we get to see him come back on Tuesday. Von Miller, um, Troy Reader, Oboe, <laughs> Justin Lawler. So a lot of names on that list. It's um, going to be nice to see most of them, if not all of them, back at a full force on Tuesday night because we need this game. Right, The Rams need to get this win, build some of that momentum, and they cannot lose another um, divisional game, um, especially against a team like the Seahawks, right? I mean, they're just a mess this year, and take nothing away from the talent that they do have, but they're not the same Seahawks team we've come to know. They're dealing with some COVID issues as well, JB. Uh, Tyler Lockett and Alex Collins, how significant is that for Seattle? Well, I don't want to speak 
into things that are too personal, but it does seem like Tyler Lockett has had more symptoms than most of the Rams players. So I would consider his status more uncertain than maybe what the Rams are dealing with. So wouldn't really surprise me if he missed this game on Tuesday. But also, aside from COVID, the Rams are probably getting back Brian Allen this week in the middle of the offensive line. So that's going to be a really good development too. But yeah, even with all these players missing, yeah, I still think the Rams have a much better roster than the Seahawks. There's just two big areas that concern me. It's on the right side of the offensive line. Can Rob Havenstein play? Uh, Joe Button, Joe Noteboom filled in for him last week, but he's currently on the list. And then maybe the third option is Bobby Evans, but he's on the list. So really you need one of those guys to come out healthy and ready to play Tuesday. Hopefully it's either Havenstein or Noteboom because we've seen Bobby Evans, who's supposed to be a starter coming to training camp, but lost his job. Um, maybe I just feel more comfortable with the, with the two aforementioned names other than Evans. Yeah, depth is de- depth is key when it comes to that offensive line for sure. Um, one thing that kind of gives me hope is McVay, um, Coach Sean McVay said earlier in the year that all but one of the players in the Rams team are all vaccinated, which shortens that window um, for them to be able to come back with, I believe now with the eased restrictions, it's just one um, negative test within a 24 hour window. Maybe I got that wrong, JB, uh, but I believe that is what um, the restriction is currently at. Um, Tyler Lockett for Seattle is kind of significant and I'm, I'm a little, um, surprised that it's not getting a little more, more traction than it has. Um, he's had another thousand yard season receiving probably the key component to that Seattle offense, DK Metcalf dealing with some injuries. Um, he has not been the threat this season um, overall that he has been in the past. So without Tyler Lockett with DK um, struggling can Seattle, and this is just me spitballing, JB, can they put up enough points if the Rams offense looks anything like we've seen them most of the year? Um, they can avoid those those um, turnovers <laughs> that, that have plagued them in those losses. Um, can Seattle put up enough points to win? Yeah, I definitely think Lockett's a huge loss. Um, Metcalf, whether it's injuries or you want to call it a sophomore slump, uh, he just hasn't been the same player. He has only a 100-yard performance this season, and six since week eight, he's only had uh, he's had less than 60 yards in every game. So, pretty big drop off for him. We know Russell Wilson missed a handful of games, and Geno Smith filled in. But yeah, they don't necessarily scare you. And without Lockett, this could get pretty ugly for the Seahawks offense. Um, I know the Seahawks defense is missing Jamal Adams, so. That is definitely a, a bonus for Matthew Stafford in the Rams offense. Is this um, is this a last hurrah for Russell Wilson in Seattle? Well, I don't, who do you think is more likely to leave Seattle, Wilson or Pete Carroll? I would probably put the coach as the more likely one to leave this offseason at least. Yeah, you know, that's, that's interesting because um, they've kind of been tied together over the course of not just Russell Wilson's career, obviously, but when it comes to the fate of the Seahawks in this upcoming off season, um, if one leaves, possibly the other one leaves as well. Um, I don't think, and this is just me not knowing anything, <laughs> right? I don't have any insider information. I'm just reading the same thing that a lot of fans read, but it doesn't seem like Russell Wilson is happy in Seattle. Um, and, 
perhaps that has impacted his play over the course of the year. However, JB, we know this is a divisional game and divisional games are always tough. It's difficult to win or sweep divisional opponents. Is Russell Wilson still danger Russ, JB? Well, of course, on any given week, he can take over, but it just always seems his worst performances come against the Rams. We know Aaron Donald has his number. Leonard Floyd has played especially well in the recent matchups too. So his athleticism on the edge really helps keep Wilson in check, I believe. So yeah, it's, it's going to be a big test of the Rams defense. If the Seahawks have any chance of winning, it's going to be through Russell Wilson taking over the game and really putting the team on his shoulders. So hopefully the Rams can keep that from happening and keep them in check. Yeah, I mean, Russell Wilson's got to step up, right? Especially if Lockett's out. Um, Rashad Penny had a good game against the Texans, but, um, I mean, he's not that big-time feature back that Chris Carson is, not nearly the threat we're looking at there. So let's get to the matchup then. Let's talk about the game preview since uh, we've hit about that time on our clock. Let's see what matchups are we looking at from the Rams offense, JB. What are you looking for? Well, I want to see how the running back share works out. It's something we talked about a little bit already, but is Sonny Michelle the lead back? Is Henderson working more of a complimentary role? I think this is definitely a Seahawks team that you can run on. They don't really have much of a pass rush. So even if you can get that run game going, you keep, keep them even more on their toes. Matthew Stafford can cause a lot of damage on Tuesday night. That'd be pretty fun. Yeah, um, uh, agreed, especially considering the last time these two teams met, um, Stafford didn't have his best performance. He wasn't as sharp as we've seen him, and they still um, looked pretty dominant. That that Rams offense still looked like um, – I mean, the, the Seahawks defense just had no answers, right? And I think a lot of it is – and um, correct me if I'm wrong here, but it just doesn't seem like they have uh, the personnel to get it done. Um, nothing against personnel they do have, but the Rams have a list of stars and not for nothing, but with OBJ starting to round into form and building that rapport with uh, Matthew Stafford could be a long day for that Seattle defense. Hopefully we get to see more of Sony Michelle doing um that, that that strong, powerful running that we've seen the past two weeks, JB, something that I don't think is getting enough traction um, as far as the Seahawks are concerned, but no Jamal Adams. He's gone for the rest of the year. How does that change that defense? Because I know he's not that big time interception machine and he gets a lot of flack for it, but he's still a difference maker on that defense. And so without him there, how does that impact the Rams um, offensive game plan? Yeah, I do think Adams gets a little bit of bad press. Like he's a good football player. He it's just the trade that they made for him, sending two first round picks similar to what the Rams did for Jalen Ramsey. He's just this the role he plays isn't worth that type of invest investment, but he's still a really good, really solid football player. He can make a difference. So even though he might not be a, a over the top safety, he's he can rush a passer too. So yeah, it's a big loss for them. And really he's one of their only stars on defense. Daryl Taylor is the other one, a pretty young pass rusher. So it, his, his absence is going to make a difference in this game. Um, hopefully the Rams can take advantage, though. Yeah, I don't think that'll be too much of an issue. Speaking of defense, what are we looking at from that Rams defense? We've seen some big-time performances. And that defensive line, um, I think, is better than they were last year. 
take nothing away from last year's performance, but the emergence of Greg Gaines, um, he's a wrecking ball. And I love to see him coming out there and just chasing these quarterbacks down. So, um, JB, what are we looking for on defense from the Rams? Yeah, Greg Gaines has been a lot of fun watching him the last couple of weeks. He looks great. I really hope Von Miller is able to play in this game just because, you know, this is the ideal scenario when you make the acquisition for Von Miller from the Broncos is that you have Leonard Floyd on one side who's extremely athletic. You put someone like Von Miller opposite him. Um, these mobile scrambling quarterbacks, it's their worst nightmare because those are two extreme athletes, two elite athletes that were drafted at the top of the first round. So um, you have Aaron Donald and Gray Gaines in the middle, and you got Leonard Floyd and Von Miller chasing on the outside. Like, I couldn't think of anything scarier, you know? So definitely want to see the Rams at full force. And really we see the benefits of the Von Miller trade come into effect, but who knows what will happen. Absolutely. And and Von's starting to look a little bit more comfortable uh, with that defensive scheme, which could be um, scary for the, for the teams that the Rams going to be facing down the road. So if, if, if they start to round in the form, when they start playing, like we know they can play, um, it could be a Tampa Bay type run we see here towards the end of the year. So JB, what is your prediction for Tuesday night? Yeah, I think the Rams win pretty handily. I want to see Matthew Stafford make the routine plays. That's really what he struggled with back in the earlier matchup against the Seahawks. So um, he makes easy throws, plays mistake-free football. I think the Rams win this pretty easily. The only exception to that is if Russell, Russell Wilson just takes over, and he's capable of doing it, but he just hasn't really done that in the Ram, against the Rams in recent years. Yeah, and, and, and you, you're 100% right. He is capable of taking over a game. We've certainly seen that. Um, I just don't think he has the firepower to do that. Um, Without Tyler Lockett, with DK Metcalf um, nursing some injuries, who was going to catch the football for him? Um, Rashad Penny had a great game, like we mentioned, against the Texans, but he hasn't really been that explosive back um, pretty much ever. (laughs) So that's the one time. Not taking anything away from him. He's a great ball player, but um, I just don't think the Seahawks have enough to get it done. I'm going to say Rams in this one, 34 to 17. They may get some garbage points there uh, in the fourth quarter, but it's not going to be, I don't think, a particularly close game. So we shall see. Uh, That's our game time predictions. That's pretty much the podcast. But one thing we haven't talked about is the state of the NFC West. One thing, one game that I'm particularly interested in, JB, is uh, the Lions and the Cardinals. Can the Lions, the one-win Lions, muster up enough competitiveness to knock off the Cardinals? Can we wish for this? Can we hope for this? I think we are wishing. I think we are hoping. Hey, Jared Goff, he's played well against the Arizona Cardinals, you know, during his time with the Rams. So hopefully he can continue this in 2021 playing for the Lions. I always tend to watch them just because they're a lot of fun and, they keep the game close, or at least they're competitive. So we've seen Josh Reynolds make a difference out there for them as well. So, hey, the, we need to catch up with the Cardinals. Um, they, it's going to be an interesting remaining four weeks of the schedule. So, Jared Goff, go beat them. Yeah, agreed. Um, <laughs> go get the job done, Jared. Um, it's interesting because, like you said, uh, in order for the Rams to – win the number one seeks that's really what it has to be right um winning the west i don't think is i don't think it matters 
that much one way or the other. I think having that number one seed um, and home field advantage would be uh, the best thing for them, whether or not they win the NFC West is neither here nor there. But in order for that to happen, they have to win out. The Rams um, have to win out and the Cardinals have to lose. So um, (laughs) against Detroit would be a great way to get that done. Um, and let's just not even talk about the 49ers. They got the rave. No, not the Ravens test. The Packers, the Packers have the Ravens today. Let's, you know, let's go Ravens on that one. But, um, who do the Niners have having coming up this week, JB? I not I believe it's the Falcons. Yes, that's right. There it is. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. The Falcons. Oh, okay. So <laughs> probably not a Niners loss this week, nothing against Atlanta, but, uh, the Niners are clearly the better team on that. The 49ers just won't die. Will they just, Wish we could put a fork in them, but they're hanging around. So yeah. no one, none of the other wildcard teams are really making a difference either. So they seem to be the team. Agreed. Agreed. But, you know, the Rams have lost five in a row to the 49ers. And um, the Rams' last game of the season is at home against the 49ers. And I think it would be a great way, a great statement for the Rams to just put an end to their playoff hopes. Um and get that particular monkey off their back. Uh, that, that just seems like it would be so fitting, right? It would just be such a nice thing for Aaron Donald to send the 49ers into the off season before the playoffs begin and say goodbye to Debo and his big gold chain. All right, JB, anything else before we get out of here? Yeah, I mean, you mentioned maybe – Winning the West doesn't matter, but getting number one seed does. The only thing that scares me, I think, for a playoff run is heading to Lambeau and playing in the frigid, cold snow, anything that might throw the Rams off the game plan. So it's going to be a lot of fun watching these last four weeks unfold. So the Cardinals, after they play the Lions this week, face the Colts and then the Cowboys. So it's going to be a lot, it's going to be a lot of in- interesting things happening down the stretch. So we'll see what happens. Truly is. Truly is going to be an interesting um, last few weeks of this NFL season with that log jam there at the top of the NFC. So, all right, JB. Well, we will um, see what happens Tuesday night and uh, go Rams at home against the Seahawks at SoFi. JB, we'll link up again next week. We'll talk about all the good, the bad, and the ugly of Tuesday's win and or loss. And then of course the upcoming game next week. So um, JB Scott, where can they find you? They being our loyal listeners, if they want to get a hold of you. Well, winners and losers always posted right after the game. Let me know if you disagree. I think it's always fun to go back and forth and see what I missed or see if there's anything you disagree with. So I'll find me in the comments section. Absolutely. I love it. And as always, I am on the Twitter box at Robert Finn is me. Come say hi and uh, we'll talk. But until then, my name is Robert Finn here with JB Scott. And this is a Turf Showtime's last minute thoughts. We will see you next week.